Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Booming Basketball Podcast. I'm back, joined with Danny, as per usual. Say what's up. Yo, what's going on? We're back here again doing an episode about, you guessed it, basketball, the NBA, like every other fucking episode. Today, we're going to be going over something specific. We have one thing listed for every NBA team and their fans to look forward to for them for the remainder of the season. As we wind down to the last 20 games left in the season before the play-in tournament, a lot of teams have really uh, not much hope left and have really seen their teams kind of give up on the season. Unfortunately, those bad teams, there are still things to look forward to or to have some excitement left because even though some teams aren't necessarily going to make the playoffs or the play-in, they still have young guys that have been exciting to watch and give them hope for the potential next seasons to come. Yeah, and we actually are uh, both fans of those kinds of teams right now. Except for my uh, team doesn't want to actually commit to being bad. They're still trying to win games. Yeah, I know. I understand that. Most teams usually pick a path at the All-Star breaker around there. Uh, The the Knicks Knicks seem like they just stuck in the middle. All right, let's talk about the Knicks in a little bit because (laughs) they're later on down the line. We're going to go in alphabetical order here by city name, starting with the Atlanta Hawks, who have been, even though they haven't been one of the more covered teams this season, they've been just as up there with the Knicks and Lakers as the most disappointing teams this season. The Atlanta Hawks went from being in the Eastern Conference Finals last season as a five seed to this season being 35 and 36 with pretty much the same exact roster and being just the 10th seed, the last entire seed for the play-in. And right now, they don't look too good. They keep going up and down in wins and losses. They'll be hot for a little bit, and then they won't be able to win a game. A lot of this is due to the fact that Trey Young is, despite being one of the most offensively talented players in the NBA, he is one of the worst defensive talented players in the league, too. And when he's not dropping 35 and 10, teams are dropping 35 and 10 on him when he's defending that player. And I'll let Danny go into some detail here more. All right, so looking at the standings right now, uh, I'm looking at it. Honestly, the Hawks, they won't fall out of the play-in tournament. But um, because the Wizards are five games back from them, but um, something to look forward to, probably for them. It's really just Trey Young. Yeah. It's Trey Young still being Trey Young and watching him put on his sometimes master class depends on the game. And at the end of the day, having him going into the play-in tournament could give them a shot at winning the play-in at least and getting into the playoffs. But I can't see them doing much other than getting past the first round because of how poor their defense is. And now without John Collins, they have to look and see, can they survive and even keep going at this rate of at least being 500 almost without John Collins? Because if they do lose a couple games in a row, they could end up surrendering that 10 spot. Yeah, so all Hawks fans, really, all you have to look forward to is Trey Young and then hope that you're the first team in NBA history or NBA play in history to, you know, make a make a nice little run. And uh, make the championship or some yeah. shit, which isn't going to happen. So just, just <laughs> so watch, just look, just watch Trey Young. Be grateful you have a player yeah. like that to watch. But, yeah, the Hawks have been nothing short of disappointing this season. Boston, a lot telephones you. Next up, we have the Boston Celtics. Um... Yeah, they've honestly been the best team in the league over the past couple months, month or two. They have won now, I believe, 18 of their last 20 games. Being 8-2 and two in their last 10, 
is just they've lost two games, but it's just the Celtics look like the hottest team in basketball right now. They are not just beating teams, they are beating up on them. They are shooting an incredibly efficient rate at the three-point line and from the field. Robert Williams has been one of the best interior defenders in the league in that stretch and has been really locking down their defense. The Celtics have the number one defense in the league right now. And just having a wing duo of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, even though we talked about Jalen Brown struggling, just having that talent and that threat at the wing position is so valuable because really having dual threat scoring wings are the probably hardest to guard thing in the entire NBA because finding a guy with height and size but also talent and just natural skill, it's really special. And Jalen Brown's had back-to-back 30-point games. It looks like he's getting back into his groove a little bit. And it's going to be fun for the Celtics fans because even though they aren't a super high seed right now, it's going to be interesting seeing them go into the playoffs with being as hot as they are and seeing if they can compete with some of the top teams. I don't know what you think, but do you think that the Celtics are a legitimate threat come playoff time for being contenders in the Eastern Conference? I really do because I am a huge fan of Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I'm not the biggest fan of them together, but I am a very big fan of both of the players. I think that they could honestly make a run. I think that they are going to be the team to come out of the Eastern Conference, or not the team to come out of the Eastern Conference, but they're going to be they're going to be one of the two. One of the teams to be, yeah. I think that they're going to be conference finals exits, maybe. I think it's tough because you have to look at other teams right now, like the Heat, the Sixers, and the Bucks, who are still probably more complete teams than the Celtics, and that's what worries me is I think the Celtics are very good, but in a seven-game series, I just don't know if they have enough depth to really compete with the guys like the Heat or the Bucks or even the Sixers who aren't as deep but still have guys like Joel Embiid who is probably the MVP this year other than maybe Jokic and I think it's something to actually look forward to because it'd be interesting to see if Robert Williams can actually play at the same level of the guys and contain them in the paint like Giannis and Embiid and at least give them some trouble but if he's not able to prove that he's effective against them then I don't really know how effective he is as a player because in the end those are the guys you're going to be able to need to defend and get to the next level in the championship and try to contend. So even though Robert Williams has been great, I feel like he might struggle against those bigger guys come playoff time. The Celtics have been absolutely fantastic as of late, and it's really exciting for them to see right now as they were struggling earlier in the season and much of last season. So I think for Celtics fans, they should just look forward to the fact that their team is playing good basketball and enjoy that for the moment. And when the playoff comes, we'll see how they match up against the other teams in the Eastern Conference. But for right now, you have to be happy with their success. So staying in the Atlantic Conference, we have the Brooklyn Nets as our next team. And this is a very recent, as in today's news, the most excited... The biggest thing that Nets fans should honestly look forward to now is the fact that Kyrie Irving can play in home games. And they're going to be able to have their two stars, barring injury, for the playoffs in every available game. So... Even though the Nets' defense has looked terrible, having Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant back for every single game is going to be scary for any team to play in a seven-game series. Listen, Kyrie has had 100 points combined over the past two games. He's one of the best scorers in the NBA. When he gets hot, he's damn near unguardable. Kevin Durant, we all know he's damn near unguardable. He is unguardable. Seth Curry's added another aspect to their offense that has just been... They've been even better. It's The problem is their defense, but... This is a positive episode. We're saying what's there to look forward to. 
And really, that's what there is to look forward to, is the fact that going into the playoffs, you have one of the most star-studded starting lineups in the entire NBA. And along with Seth Curry and Andre Drummond, who's been playing actually some really good basketball for Brooklyn, I think the Nets have a really solid team going into the playoffs and honestly might be more scary than they were pre-James Harden trade. Do you think their roster going into the playoffs without James Harden now, with this roster that they have, even without Ben Simmons, do you think they are built better to contend in a seven-game series with the additions of Andre Drummond and Seth Curry? So, a lot of people might be surprised, but I think that people who think deeper into basketball will respect my answer a little bit more. I honestly think that there are more ready for a seven-game series with this current team that they have now. No, I agree, because when you have three superstars like that, we already saw the egos clash, and when there's more fluidity and guys that can just play within the offense, i.e. Seth Curry, it opens up a lot for your stars to do more, and there's less of an ego. Kyrie and KD have great chemistry. We've seen them play together. It was really when Harden got there that chemistry seemed to stagger a little bit, so... With the chemistry that they already have built, I think that they're going to be really, 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 really good. Um, Kyrie's been playing some of the best basketball of his career as of late, and so is Kevin Durant. And really, if they're both going in a playoff series, seven games, it's really hard to stop them, especially when they now have Seth Curry to kick out to, who is a terrific third option at this point. And listen, one one thing that a lot of people don't understand when it comes to teams like the Brooklyn Nets, just like star-studded teams like that, when if you have too many superstars on one team, like here wait. it's not always about talent; it's about fit. Yeah. So, I, I remember LeBron said this in an interview. I, I I don't know when the interview was from, but I saw a clip of it. Um, he basically said that everybody that is on that court is in the NBA for a reason. Everybody has an insane amount of talent, and you might not, and but everybody just plays a role. Yeah. To have a successful team, you need to have a role, and by having three superstars. That kind of does Those, it doesn't abide the by role the rule of superstar was yeah. already taken up by two guys in Brooklyn, and I think really having Harden just wasn't necessary. And if Ben Simmons is able to, by God, somehow come around by playoff time, I don't even know. That team could be really scary because defense is the one thing that they don't do. And Ben Simmons was the runner-up for Defensive Player of the Year last year. As much as you want to talk about his inability to shoot, his ability on defense and to make players better on defense is ridiculous he can guard one through five and is possibly the most versatile defender in the entire nba so getting Kyrie back for home games and possibly looking at ben simmons return near the playoffs he's dealing with a herniated disc right now but if he comes back that's really something that brooklyn fans can be super excited about the next team up we have staying within the eastern conference is the charlotte hornets who are the ninth seed right behind the eight seeded brooklyn nets for the hornets the only thing i can really say for them to have really look forward to at the end of this season is to see if they can actually make some noise in the play-in or sneak into the playoffs or not. The Hornets are four and a half games behind the six-seeded Cavaliers, who are the last-seeded spot that gets a guaranteed playoff spot and doesn't have to play in the play-in. Right now, they are the nine-seed, and they would be in the play-in playing against the Atlanta Hawks, who are about a game behind them. The Hornets really have just been a young team that's not horrible. I don't really know what to say about them. I mean, they're an exciting team and they haven't made the playoffs in a few years. One thing that I will say is that last episode we did mention that LaMelo Ball wasn't putting up great efficient numbers since the All-Star break. 
He, he still m- hasn't been the, playing the same pre-All-Star, but he has played better. Over the past five, yeah. Against the Knicks the other night, he put up 32, but managed not to score a single point in the fourth quarter. It's just been inconsistency, and that's really the whole story with the Hornets team, is inconsistency. They're a high offensive power team, and some nights they just struggle to hit shots. And when they struggle to hit shots, they don't really win games. Their defense isn't very good, and they're young. They're inexperienced, but it'll be exciting for Hornets fans to see them make a run for the playoffs or play in. The next team up we have is the Chicago Bulls. The Chicago Bulls, obviously, DeMar DeRozan's been having the best year of his career. Looking forward to the end of his MVP campaign, even though he most likely won't win the MVP award. He has made a decent case for himself. He's had a great season, and the Bulls have been pretty good. The thing that worries me is to see if the Bulls can really end up being competitors in the playoffs and seeing how they fare against the remaining good teams in their schedule. Because at the moment, after their loss to Phoenix the other day, they're 0-15 against top-seeded teams top three seeded teams in the West and the East. So at what point do you start to call them pretenders and not contenders? Because they beat up on the bad teams, but they get really, really struggle. They struggle a lot against the teams that are considered elite. So what I'm going to say is, you know, since this is a positive episode, things to look forward to. I guess that the thing to look forward to would be to see if your team can compete in the playoffs. Yeah, I think that is all that they can at this point. I mean, it's going to be fun to watch DeRozan for the rest of the regular season and enjoy that. Maybe Lonzo will be back by the playoffs, but it doesn't look likely right now. He's struggled to even run on his knees, and he hasn't responded well to physical activity. So without Lonzo, their defense also takes a big dip, even though they have Caruso back and it's been a little better. They're really going to struggle against the top teams, but they do have the talent, so it'll be exciting to see if DeMar DeRozan either fails or finally breaks out in the playoffs and leads the Bulls to pass the first round because at this point that should be their expectations they should probably make it past the first round and I think it's going to be a disappointment if they don't another team we have from the Eastern Conference the Cleveland Cavaliers the Cleveland Cavaliers there's a lot to look forward to with this team because they're young and one of the best teams in the Eastern Conference this season one of the more surprising teams they sit currently at six in the Eastern Conference so a big thing for them to watch for the rest of the season is is going to be whether they can make the playoffs and avoid a play-in spot, or if they will fall down to a 7-9 to nine seed and end up having to go into the play-in. Right now, they are the 6th seed at 41-31, and 31, and they would not have to actually go in the play-in at this moment. They would play the Bucks in the first round, who I honestly don't mind that matchup against because they're both interior-oriented teams. They're very paint-dominant. They have Giannis. The Cleveland Cavaliers have Jared Allen and Evan Mobley. Both big teams, and really what to look forward to for the Cavs is the fact that they're so young and Darius Garland continues to just get better and better each and every single game. It'll be interesting to see if they can compete and see if they make some noise in the playoffs. For the Cavs, that's what I have. So if we're being realistic, the Cavs aren't contenders this year. They're just I, not. Yeah, if you're a Cavs fan, you just got to you know put it into realism. But I, I don't think they're, they're really not, expecting that. They're not contenders. Yeah, I know. So... I just think that one thing to look forward to is getting these young guys like Jared Allen, Darius Garland, you know, like the young, the, the whole young core, so basically the whole team just getting playoff experience. Yeah, it's going to be fun for Cavs fans and NBA fans alike to see this young core play in their first playoff series together. And 
honestly, the Cavs are one of the more exciting teams in the league, in my opinion. They're really young. They play really well under control. It'll be cool to see if Evan Mobley wins Rookie of the Year or not. That's another thing. But just seeing this young team get their first playoff experience is going to be exciting to watch. Going now finally to the Western Conference, we have the Dallas Mavericks. The Dallas Mavericks have been better since the All-Star break than they had started out the season. Ever since they traded a certain 7'3 impediment and got Spencer Dinwiddie in return, they've been a much better team. They are 10-4 since the All-Star break. And for the Mavs fans, really the thing to look forward to is the fact that Luka is playing like Jesus right now, and he's one of the most unstoppable forces in the entire NBA when he gets going. So, um, in a previous episode, we did mention, you know, the trade. And um, I had originally said that they may want less star power, as in trade away Chris Stapps, for, you know, more role pieces, pieces that will fit around Luka more. And, and like, as we can see, Luka's been going unconscious since the Porzingis trade. So yeah. I think that that tells you what you need to know, what the Mavericks wanted to do. There was also a comment made kind of shading Porzingis, saying that how everyone now on the team, no one has an ego, and everyone plays their role, and it's just there's a lot more ball movement and the chemistry's better, shading Porzingis, thinking that he should be better than he was. Basically, what Porzingis had done the entire time he was with the Mavericks is we all knew that he was complaining about not getting enough touches and not being seen as not enough of a star and being in the spotlight. He was jealous of Luka almost, it seemed, and now that he's gone, the Mavericks have just been way more of a fluid offense and a fluid team in general, with no egos really clashing anymore because it's clear Luka's the best player on the team, and there's no one else who's even an all-star there to argue that. So for Mavericks fans this season, I think just watching the rest of the season play out, it's going to be just for them to watch and see if the Mavericks are really going to be contenders this year and if Luka can carry this team to past the first round for the first time we've seen them lose to the Clippers in two consecutive years and this year the Clippers don't have their two best players so there's no Clippers in the way of Luka and we could see Luka go off and have the best playoff performance of his career this year it seems like that's what the Mavericks like to do they like to get you know get their star put a couple pieces around him make a little run it seems almost reminiscent of the Dirk years that's that's what I was going with that we're not going to say that yet because Dirk won a championship and Luke is yet to get out of the first round. So Very hopefully true. he can make it out of the first round this year. Moving on to another team with a superstar European, we have the Denver Nuggets and their star Nikola Jokic. Jokic obviously one of the top three MVP candidates most likely this season. I, there's not much to say about Jokic. He's ridiculous. That team is so much better when he's on the floor. And the reason why he's probably my MVP pick is because when you talk about most valuable, the Nuggets are literally garbage without Jokic. When Jokic is on the floor, it's night and day. What happened to your uh, Joel Embiid MVP? What happened to that? I go back and forth a lot. I really, it's so difficult because Embiid's stats and team record are arguably better. Even though his stats aren't better, his points, more points. He shoots better, I think, and like we said, they are a higher seed, but... This is the closest MVP race that there's been in a while, I'm not going to yeah, lie. It's just so... Jokic is just... The Sixers aren't bad without Embiid. 
The Nuggets would be probably the worst team in the league, I think, this season without Jokic. Bro, to see two bigs dominating the league like Three, that. Three, because Giannis yeah, is up there, well, too. True, true, true. All right, yeah, then. Okay, if we're going to, yeah. It's okay. nice to see. It feels yeah. like the 90s almost. Yeah, it does feel like the 90s. And it's different, bro. It's a, it's a, it's a change, bro. It's not, it's not even voters' fatigue at this point, bro. It's just these are the best players in the, like, in the league, you know? Kind of rooting for Embiid low-key because of the fact that he hasn't won it yet. But on to the Nuggets. The Nuggets, for them, it's going to be what you want to watch out for is the fact that no. for Nuggets fans, the big thing to watch out for is if the Nuggets can actually get Jamal Murray or Michael Porter Jr. back before the end of the season or the playoffs come. Because really, in the seven-game series, Nikola Jokic is going to get double-teamed and triple-teamed, and they're going to figure him out, and he's not going to be able to compare or compete with a team that is full of players and has depth. The Nuggets have solid depth, but without Jokic, their depth turns into less valuable role players than when they are on the floor with Jokic. He makes everyone so much better, and I just can't see Jokic in a seven-game series having to do everything himself. We've seen Jamal Murray in the past be so vital to their success in the playoffs because Jokic can't be just double-teamed and triple-teamed because they have another guy that can just go off. But even though they have some shooters... It's just going to be concerning to me watching Jokic have to do literally everything himself in a seven-game series right now against a team that would most likely be a very elite team. At this moment in time, they would have to play the Warriors, who are probably going to run circles around Jokic, if we're being honest. Yeah, well, yeah, if Steph, if Steph is, back. is 100% healthy come playoff time, I agree. Um, Yeah, the Nuggets, like Nate said, it's really just a matter of like if somebody steps up or if people come back you know if Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. come back they just really need somebody who can create their own shot and get a bucket do you think they're contenders if Jamal Murray comes back or I feel like it's going to take Jamal Murray too long to get back into his stride it if Jamal Murray comes back and plays how Jamal Murray. He, how Jamal Murray plays I believe that they are, con- yeah, I think that they're a contender. I think they but, can be contender, too. But realistically, if it takes him a second to get his stride back, as it did for other players that came off injuries, such as Klay Thompson and, like, those kinds of players, um, I don't. then I don't think that they're contenders. Regardless, though, even getting one of the two back would be a, just a threat because they have been so good in the past that teams are going to have to pay attention to them, much like with Klay Thompson. Even though he hasn't shot the ball well, he still draws a lot of attention and causes the defense to really make sure that they cover their bases with him. It's going to be the same thing with Jamal Murray, even if he isn't playing at 100%. So I think at least getting someone out there that can be another scoring threat is going to be very important, and that's going to be vital for Nuggets fans to hope they see before the season comes to an end. All right, next up we have the Detroit Pistons. Look forward to the draft lottery and literally nothing else because you guys suck. Thanks. (laughs) I think you got it covered. All right, now we have another real team, the Golden State Warriors. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so the Warriors I think the obvious one for them is going to be to see whether or not they're a real contender come playoff time if Clay can get his shit together if Steph can grow ankles that don't break in half every 10 seconds yeah it's just if they're healthy come playoff time or if they're not that's what there is to watch out for because I mean, we know what the Warriors are capable of doing when they're healthy, and it'll all be whether they can actually all be there. Because Draymond's been out parts of the season. Uh, Clay was out, obviously, for a long stretch of the beginning of the season, still recovering from injury, and now Steph is out. So it seems like every time one of them comes back, another one goes down. 
Yeah, just hope and pray that the medical staff can, you know, get their guys back out there. Just give him a little uh, shot of uh, Jordan's juice, and uh, he'll be all good. No, if they, it, but I do think that if they are fully healthy, you know, Clay, Dre, all them, like if, if everybody stays healthy, if they're all healthy, they're time, probably a contender. They're a contender. They're one hundred percent contender in my eyes. Even I think the West is so wide open this year. Yeah. There's a bunch of teams that could honestly pull it off. All right, again, now we have the Houston Rockets. Sorry to do this to you, but you guys also like really awful. You don't even at least the Pistons can maybe look forward to Cade winning Rookie of the Year. You guys have nothing. Look forward to rebuilding in the off season and the draft. And yeah, I, I don't know what else there is to say. Look forward to uh, Jalen Green's hopeful development. Yeah, that's really it because I don't watch Rockets games anymore. They're horrible. The Indiana Pacers, another team that's just not very good at basketball right now. Really, all I have to say for Pacers fans is Tyrese Halliburton still looks fantastic, and it's nice to see the young guys and people who are unheralded getting some minutes. So just watching the young guys play, and seeing your team development is all I really have to say to watch for the rest of the season. The season's kind of a lost cause at this point, and it's clear that they're waiting till the lottery. Also, what's really nice to look at is that the Pacers have finally chose a direction. Yeah, you guys can actually look forward to the fact that your team isn't half contending, half rebuilding at the same time, and you're going to finally commit to a full rebuild. No more DeMontis Sabonis post-ups that take up 20 seconds of the shot clock, so you guys can be happy about that. Now going on to both LA teams, we have first the Los Angeles Clippers. We previously talked about them earlier in this episode when we talked about the Mavericks. Danny, what's the thing to look forward to for the Clippers this season? Um, it's pretty obvious. It's going to be if Kawhi and Paul yeah. George return. It's going to be if Kawhi and Paul George return, you're going to be a contender. If not, then you're just going to be a sleeper team in the playoffs who big teams underestimate and might bring it to six. Uh, maybe. I don't know. They're, maybe. Right now they're the eighth seed. They'd have to make it past the play-in first. They would play the Timberwolves right now in the play-in, and I'm not sure I like their odds against the Timberwolves, to be honest with you. So it's going to be for... It could for, go either way. It could go either way, but it's also not just looking for them to return, but looking to see if they can close out the season well and strong and then hopefully get their stars back for the playoffs. But the Clippers need to finish out the season strong if they want to get a good spot in the playoffs and hopefully not have to play in the play-in, even though that's most likely what's going to happen. Gonzaga, Moving on to the Lakers. Oh, boy. You guys have a lot to look forward to. The playoffs, winning a championship, LeBron winning finals MVP, Anthony Davis going off in the Russell playoffs. Russell Westbrook winning MVP, am I right? Oh, but except for Anthony Davis is hurt, Russell Westbrook sucks, and LeBron wants to kill himself. <laughs> the Lakers don't really have much to look forward to. Their season's really a lost cause. Right now, they are half a game in the play-ins tournament if they lose a couple more games and guys like the pelicans or the spurs win a few they're going to be out of the play-in even if they do make the play-in they're not making it past the first round even if they somehow win in the play-in tournament i don't know for lakers fans i don't know what to look forward to because your expectations were championship so look forward to maybe even sniffing the playoffs this year the next team we have up is the memphis grizzlies so the Grizzlies, what I have for them to look forward to for this season is really just the fact that they've had the best season this season out of any year they've had in a while. 
Jaws having an MVP caliber season, as we know. And, yeah, the Grizzlies are also 15-2 and two without Jaws. So this team's going to be scary going into the playoffs. And unlike we've said for other teams, the thing to look out for is if this team can really be a contender or not. And if they're too young to actually make noise in the playoffs. But they have a lot of hustling guys. They have really good coach in Taylor Jenkins. He's a great young coach. They have a great supporting cast around Ja and Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks, etc. And I'm just excited to see this team going forward. And I think that they are potentially going to get past the first round, even though as a second seed, they might be an underdog to some teams considering how young they are. So this might actually sound crazy, but I'm really not ruling out the Grizzlies as like contenders, contenders. Yeah. Like, actual like, 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 has an actual shot at making the finals. I don't, I don't rule that out, honestly, because I bro, have you seen? Don't how I don't good disagree. No, is? yeah, they are. They're such a complete team. I think they remind me a lot of the Suns from last year in the way that they're just so complete. They don't play the same, but they also get up a lot of threes like that Suns team does. They play with a lot of pace, and they play hard on defense. Jaron Jackson's having a defensive player of the year caliber type season. He's if he doesn't make an all-defensive team this year, I'm going to be surprised because the way he's blocked shots and been a rim protector for them has been incredible. He's been such a good anchor. And, yeah, so what I have to look forward to is the Grizzlies seeing how far this team can go in the playoffs. Apparently, Danny thinks they can become actual finals bound, so I'll let Danny finish up here. Yeah, it's basically it. They're just a really, really good complete overall team like you said they're 15 and 2 without jaw correct yeah they are 15 and 2 without jaw yeah so i mean it doesn't necessarily show they don't need him but it just shows the talent that jaw has around him and the can fact also that perform without him having to like you know carry the load you're not going to be able to double team jaw right in the playoffs because he's going to have other guys around him that can score the buckets with ease so the grizzlies are going to be fun to watch heading back over to the eastern conference we have the miami heat who the other day they got into a little scuffle in the huddle in the Warriors game where they lost and the Heat have been on a two-game losing streak. They haven't been playing quite as well as they had. Spolstra was a little upset. He got heated. Him, Jimmy Butler, and Udonis Haslam all got in a screaming match and Udonis Haslam looked like he said, I'm going to beat your ass to Jimmy Butler multiple times. So for the Heat fans, I think is looking forward to their team getting back on track because I think their culture is so good that this little scuffle isn't going to do you think this one little incident is going to actually change their whole culture and set this team back that much? So, no. But I think that there might be a little disconnect, maybe, because if, if you watch the clip, like, toward the end of it, it looked like Udonis Haslam might have said something along the lines of, this is my city. Yeah, I could see. That's, like, not something you say as somebody who barely... Like, Udonis Haslam is, like, one of the, like, obviously, like... So heat Legend. legends. Heat legends, yeah. He's a Heat legend. But he's not but Jimmy bro, Butler. He, d- he also doesn't get, he's not even, he's like barely in the rotation of anything. He gets paid to sit on their bench and be a coach, but he gets paid like a player, basically. Yeah, exactly. And, and the fact that he had the nerve to say something like that to Jimmy Butler, who's clearly by far the best player on the Miami Heat, and like carries them, keeps them together, in my opinion, it, it's, I don't, I don't know. I still think it's going to be exciting for the Heat to go into this season's playoffs right now as the number one seed. And we saw them lose to the Bucks last year in the first round. And hopefully that isn't a repeat for this season. The Heat right now sit about a game and a half comfortably in first place. As long as they don't go on any losing streaks, they can hopefully maintain that first seed and then play a team like 
the Hornets or the Raptors, even though right now the most likely matchup would be the Nets, Oof. which it's just a very iffy matchup. Tough first round. So <laughs> another thing for them to watch out for is can they really be a elite team come playoff time still and just prove that they aren't bubble frauds because last season in the playoffs they did not perform like they should have. The next team we have up is the team we just talked about with the Miami Heat who beat them last year in the playoffs and went on to win the NBA Finals, the Milwaukee Bucks. And the thing for them really is just going to be they're another great team this season. Giannis could win MVP again. But the thing that you're going to want to look out for is if they can repeat as NBA champions this year in the playoffs. And I think that's really all they have to look out for because the Bucks have been great otherwise, and that's their expectations is to repeat as champions. They're the defending champions. So the only way that they could really meet expectations this season or do better than last season is by winning another ring. Do you think they will? I don't think the Bucks have... Uh, I don't think the Bucks have a bad shot at winning the finals. I really do think they're one of the more complete teams. Drew Holiday, Giannis, they just have one of the best defensive teams all in basketball. And as we know, Giannis is possibly the most unstoppable force in the entire league. Yeah. I, I think the X factor is going to be Chris Middleton, like you hinted at. Chris Middleton, if he can play well and really not just show up half the time in the playoffs, I think the Bucks have a chance to repeat. And even though there are teams that are healthier this year that were not healthy last year, such as the Nets, they're going to be more fully available than they were when they played the Bucks last season. And, yeah, I still think the Bucks are probably a top-two team in the East. Next up, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, who have been one of the best teams, if not the best team, in the entire NBA since the All-Star break. Carl Towns obviously dropped 60 last week. He's been terrific. D'Angelo Russell's been terrific. And... They've just been, for their standards, terrific all around because, as we know, the Timberwolves has been one of the worst teams historically in the entire NBA, especially over the past 20 years, which is basically their entire existence. So really no success other than a little bit with Kevin Garnett earlier on in the 2000s. But for the Timberwolves, you have to look forward to is for the first time without Jimmy Butler, you guys have an opportunity to make the playoffs. And right now they sit at the seventh seed, so they would be in the play-in. But they are only a game and a half out of the sixth spot, which would make them void of the play in completely and just lock in a playoff spot. So what do you think it is for the Wolves? So what I'm going to say is that I think for Timberwolves fans, I, obviously I don't think that title contention is you know realistic this year. But I do think that you should really look forward to Carl Anthony Towns getting more playoff experience, Anthony Edwards getting his first playoff experience, and... I guess just see how they all work out yeah, together in the playoffs together. Yeah, I think also together. just seeing if they are able to secure that top six seed or not because if they make the play-in, they've been one of the hotter teams, though. Do you think if they make the play-in, they're going to come out of the play-in tournament? Who knows, bro? Because it, it's, it's it's like March Madness. It, I know, I know. It's it's hard it's hard to determine because like so, some guys could show out and some guys might you know have terrible games. It's hard it's hard to determine yeah. that. Like, dude, the, if we're being real, the Jazz can go into the bubble against like a team like the Pelicans and lose yeah like it's weird I think the Timberwolves season has been nonetheless a success they improved vastly since last year and even this is just a step forward in the right direction and something to look forward to for Timberwolves fans for years to come 100% I'd really be happy with the Timberwolves season if I was a fan 
Another team we're moving on to that's a very interesting team is the New Orleans Pelicans, a team that started off this season pretty, pretty bad, and ever since the acquisition of C.J. McCollum has really turned it around and been a much better basketball team. They are on the verge of making the playoffs or being in the play-in tournament. They're only a singular game, not even they're a half a game behind the nine-seeded Lakers, and right now they are in the play-in tournament. It'll be interesting to see if they can keep that spot because there is teams like the Spurs and the Trailblazers who are only a game and a half and three games back. We've seen teams go on runs at the end of seasons and alter those uh, rankings. But the Pelicans also have an opportunity to move up to the ninth seed, possibly. They're only a half a game behind the Lakers, as I just said. And if they can move up, it won't do that much, but it'll secure their spot in the play-in and make sure they don't fall out. So for Pelicans fans, it's going to be seeing if you can turn the season around completely and eventually make the play-in, or if you're going to just go tank mode and not make the play-in, and then you can look forward to the lottery. Even though I think you can't be mad with the way that the Pelicans have turned it around. CJ McCollum's really done wonders with this team. Brandon Ingram's been on top of his game. Do you think the Pelicans are going to make the play-in tournament? So I think that the thing with the organization is that like the direction that they're going is they're looking at it and probably saying, oh, we should probably rebuild. But the on- I, I think that the only chance that Zion didn't play his last NBA game in a Pelicans uniform is if like the Pelicans sneak in and somehow make a run into the second yeah. round. Or something I also think it's like just that. inspiring. It reminds me not completely of the Heat when they went on the run a couple of years ago where they almost made the eighth seed in the playoffs. When they had started out before the All-Star break, a measly record, and then basically flipped that record around and had almost a winning or even record at the end of the season. It's basically they started off shitty and they turned it around, and that's what I think is for Pelicans fans to at least be proud of, that their team has turned it around and they look like they have a better core for the future. So, yeah, look out for that and see if the Pelicans can maybe make some noise in the play-in. All right, next team we have is the New York Knicks. Right now, the Knicks have been bipolar. They win one game, they lose one game, they win three games, then they lose, and then they completely fall apart. I don't know. This season's just been blown leads and missed expectations. The Knicks right now sit behind the Hawks about five games back of the 10th seed, which is the last play-in spot. The Hawks also have been incredibly underwhelming this season, but the Knicks right now are not in the play-in tournament, and I don't even know if it's in their best interest to make it. I think for Knicks fans, really, the rest of this season, just watch the young guys play. There's been injuries, and young guys have been getting opportunities. Obi Toppin got another start against the Charlotte Hornets, where he put up 18, 11, and 6. And just looking forward to the offseason, because at this point, the Knicks season is really just a failure, and it's unfortunate, but that's the real that's the reality of it. But it's not too shabby because RJ has been playing some of the greatest basketball of his career, probably the best basketball of his career. Star J. Star J. Barrett. Star J. Barrett, baby. And just watching him play for the rest of the season while the season winds down and the last couple games go through, at least Knicks fans can stay somewhat sane watching RJ Barrett because he's been absolutely terrific. Moving on to the next team, my team, the Oklahoma City Thunder. And uh, with players shut down for the rest of the season, like Lou Dort, that makes me a little bit upset. But it has still been fun for me to watch the Thunder. You know, Shea is still putting up those insane numbers that he was putting up, as we mentioned last episode. 
He's averaging almost, or he's averaging over 30 since the All-Star break. Yeah, let's get to the point, though. The Thunder suck. There's not much to look forward to for the rest of the season. They're Trey much like... Man. Trey Man. <laughs> Trey, Trey Man has also been great. He's been really hot recently. Actually had a 24-point second quarter, I think, the other night. Danny is uh, refusing to let me give them the Pistons and Rockets treatment of completely disregarding them as a basketball organization. So I could have done that with the Knicks. You could have done that. I let you talk. The Knicks are better than the fucking Thunder. Okay, but the Thunder didn't have expectations. You guys did. But at least... Yeah! (laughs) What are you saying? R.J. Barrett. Okay, Shea. R.J. Barrett. Shea Gilchrist-Alexander. Shea's better. We have more wins. I don't care. We have more wins. You guys also have Julius Randle. Julius Randle is a minus. Bro, you guys are better than us. I know that. Yeah, we are. You guys are better than us. Yeah, I, better, I admit that. And don't, we have a better. Don't disregard my team. I want to talk about my team. We have a better younger core, too. I'm the co-host. Let, let me talk about my who's, team. Whose young core is better, the Knicks or the Thunder? Thunder. No. Thunder. No. Yeah, yeah. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. Yes. No. yes. OB Toppin. Bro. Quentin Grimes. Miles McBride. RJ Barrett. Maybe Mitchell not. Robinson. Emmanuel Quickly. I'm not done. Shea Gilgis Alexander. Darius Baisley. Shea, Shea Gilgis Alexander. Darius Baisley. Josh, Josh Giddy. Who else? Luguen Stort. Luguen Stort's like 25. Alexis Pokashevsky. Pokashevsky's at. Okay. We're done with this. He's talking about Alex Pokashevsky, so we're going to move on to the next team. All right, so since I guess the Thunder aren't an actual NBA team, I guess we'll be moving on to the Magic. Who are also, wait, wait, wait. They're not, not an NBA team either, so. Look forward again, to the draft. Look forward to the draft. The Magic suck. You have nothing. I don't know what there is to say for the magic. I've Franz watched Wagner. Franz Wagner. Yes, but what is he gonna do? What win rookie of the year? No. Gordon he's... Hayward. Yeah, Gordon Hayward's on the magic. <laughs> no, <laughs> Franz Wagner's like Gordon Hayward. Oh, Gordon Hayward is uh basically Franz Wagner and uh, vice versa. So uh, yeah, I guess that the um, Orlando Magic can just look forward to uh, not playing basketball anymore because it's probably painful for their fans to watch it. <laughs> Holy shit. Moving on next, we got one of the best teams in the NBA. The Philadelphia 76ers! Moving on to another team, which is... Oh, jeez. Moving on to the 76ers, which are one of the better teams in the NBA. One of the best teams. One of the best teams. Moving on to the Philadelphia 76ers, which are one of the best teams in the NBA. Definitely a title contender, in my opinion. Sit right now at number two in the Eastern Conference. And, really... What there is to look forward to is the reconstructed team. We saw last year, obviously, Ben Simmons' incredible struggles in the playoffs with Embiid and the Sixers. This year, you have James Harden. So what Sixers fans have to look forward to this year is that they finally have another superstar to pair with Joel Embiid and a scoring threat. So seeing Harden in his first playoff series with the Embiid team is going to be very, very exciting and something that Sixers fans, I'm assuming, are very happy to be looking forward to. Yeah, so I I agree with Nate, but you know the the one thing for Philly fans to look forward to is that they finally are going into the playoffs with something different. It's a new look for the first time in three years, and that's just something in itself to be really excited for. Phillies has a new look for the first time, like we just said, in three years, and they're not going to be nearly as predictable as they've been in years past. So I think Philly has a legitimate chance to win the title if Harden plays like he's capable of. Moving on to another contender, we have the Phoenix Suns, who are the current number one team in basketball right now. They have the best record out of anybody in the entire NBA at 59-14. and 14. What fans have to look forward to, really, is the fact that they're getting their best player back in a day or two. 
Chris Paul is coming back from injury, and that has been the only thing worrying them. He's going to be healthy, so seeing their team get fully healthy before this playoffs is going to be great to see. And, yeah, the Suns are another team this year that has more than a chance to win the NBA Finals. So we'll see if they can make it back there this year after losing and maybe make a run this year to actually win it. I think it's a great thing to see that they're stringing together wins without Chris Paul. Yeah, I think it's making their chemistry as an entire team just even that much stronger, and it already was so strong. I but know, and obviously Chris Paul, like, it, it's kind of obvious at this point. Chris Paul makes every team that he goes to a little bit better. So the fact that they're getting better without Chris Paul now and they're getting Chris Paul back, it's just great to see. Cameron Payne's really took some of the leadership skills and play gen- or floor general playmaking type of ability that Chris Paul has. Obviously not the same level. Chris Paul is a legend, but Cameron Payne has been one of the best backup point guards in the league, bar none, this season. Next up, we have the Portland Trailblazers, another one of those teams that's just not much going on. They're not going to make the play-in or the playoffs. Josh Hart and Anthony Simons are cool to watch, so I guess you can just watch your young guys ball out. Brandon Williams has been an undrafted rookie, averaging 15 points a game. He's been cool to watch. But again, one of those teams that it's just really all you can do for the rest of the season is watch the young guys play and wait for the offseason to come for you guys to try to rebuild more. Now moving on to the next team, which is the Sacramento Kings. I guess that the only thing to look forward to is the offseason and that De'Aaron Fox has been playing better without Tyrese. De'Aaron Fox has looked like more of his old self, and Sabonis didn't die after that injury where he looked like he broke his leg. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's something to be excited for. But, again, Kings not a very good team. Look forward to the offseason. Now the Spurs, another one of those teams that are on the verge of making the play-in. And... Yeah, that's really all there is to look forward to for the rest of the season to see if they can sneak into one of those top 10 spots. Right now, they're one and a half games behind the 10-seeded Pelicans. If they string together a couple wins, they could make the play-in, and it would be good for their young core to get some play-in or playoff experience. Uh, That's really it. The Spurs have not been an incredible team. They haven't been a horrible team this year. They're just young and rebuilding, much like the Pelicans and the Trailblazers. Like you said before, the West is wide open this year, so it's obviously very competitive. I honestly think that a team like the Spurs should make the playoffs. They definitely have the talent to, and they have the greatest co- head coach of all time. I think if the Spurs were to make the play-in, they would have a shot at beating one of those teams and actually making the playoffs, so I think it would be cool to see. I agree. They definitely have the talent. The next team we have going back to the East are the Raptors. The Raptors right now, number 7 in the East, sit at 40-32. and 32. About three and a half games ahead of the eight-seeded Nets. So right now they're comfortably in the play-in, but they are only a game behind the six-seeded Cavaliers, another one of these teams that it's going to be fun to watch to see if they make the play-in or they secure an actual playoff spot right away. So for Raptors fans, it's looking forward to your first play-in experience or playoff experience, rather, without Kyle Lowry. This is the first time that the Raptors will have made the playoffs since Kyle Lowry's departure, obviously, as he only left last season. So, it will be cool to see the new era of Raptors basketball enter the playoffs. Dude, honestly, one of the pl- like the player that I'm most excited to see in the playoffs for the Raptors is Scotty Barnes. I Definitely. think Scotty Barnes, even though he's a rookie, is just so versatile. Their whole team is just really well-rounded. Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. They're It's nice to watch, bro. They're all really like well-rounded and players. And Precious Achua is coming into his own too. 
even though right now it's going to be looking at if they're deep enough to actually do any damage in the playoffs. They don't have very much depth, and that's the scary thing. In the playoffs, depth matters very much. People get tired. It's a seven-game series. You have to switch things up. So that's what Raptors fans have to look forward to, is seeing if their team is capable of doing anything in the playoffs or they'll be in and out. I think that they could be a team that might be able to compete with good teams, as in, like, like take them to you know. Six I think games. they're gonna give teams trouble. They're yeah. not a guy. They're not a team that guys want to play against in the first round. No. Next up, we have the Utah Jazz, who have continuously been falling this season in standings. They're now at the fourth seed at forty-five and twenty-eight, tied with the Mavericks, who are the fifth seed. Right now, they would be playing the Mavericks, and honestly, I just don't like that matchup. There is no one on the Mavericks, or there's no one on the Jazz rather that can guard Luka Doncic. I think Luka Doncic will pick that team apart in the playoffs. So, for Jazz fans, I think the big thing to look forward to is if they can get a better seed or a different seeding that they won't have to play a team like the Mavericks in the first round. I would much rather get to a point where I'm playing the Nuggets because then at least you have Rudy Gobert who is guarding Nikola Jokic. Yeah, that's really all that we have for the Jazz. Oh, yeah, I agree. If I... If I were the Jazz, I would way rather play against the Nuggets. Going on to our last team for the day, we have another pretty shitty team, the Washington Wizards. Really, all you have to look forward to for the rest of this season is, I guess Porzingis is kind of cool now that he's on your team. That's really it. I mean, watch Porzingis get three rebounds a game. (laughs) And, uh, yeah, hopefully Bradley Beal doesn't leave you all in a... uh, steaming pile of shit franchise at the I end of the season. I think that is a great possibility. So let's, uh, you guys can hope and pray that uh, Bradley Bill doesn't leave. That's uh, your thing. But other than that, that is the episode for today. And we hope you guys all really enjoyed. Next episode hopefully will be out very, very soon. And yeah, thanks for tuning in. I'm Nate. I'm Danny. Peace. Thank you.